Welcome to San Pedro, the podcast. My name is Mike Stark. San Pedro, the podcast is a virtual snapshot of the news, culture, politics, and the people of San Pedro. The segment of Los Angeles that sits between the Vincent Thomas Bridge and the breakwater to the Port of Los Angeles. This time on San Pedro the Podcast, we talk to two of the editors from San Pedro's only local newspaper. But first, there are angels in San Pedro, and you will meet one of them now. My name is Gail Flurry. I'm the founder of Angel Gowns of South Bay, and our website can be found at www.angelgownsofsouthbay.org. Angel Gowns is an organization that is set up just for service to the community. We started out making um, burial gowns for babies that don't make it home from the hospital. We use uh, donated wedding gowns, and they are heirloom quality. Sometimes I call them Franken gowns because we'll use a piece of one gown, uh, lace from another gown, trim from another gown, and they end up being absolutely gorgeous. So we've donated over 300 of those gowns to local hospitals, and we service, at this point, seven different hospitals. And from that point, we ended up um, linking up with the CEO of uh, Providence Hospitals. And he said, oh, wait, you're the lady that brought those baby gowns to... I thought we had no use for those whatsoever, and I was wrong. I was so wrong. Have you ever thought of working with Trinity Hospice? I said, never heard of them. He said... Let me connect you. So we've been working with Trinity Hospice. We found that most of the children there were in really um, nondescript hospital gowns and a diaper, even if they were 18 or 19 years old. So we figured they needed a little more dignity and something that was fun to wear. So began designing um, garments for the kids that look like little martial arts outfits. And they're bright colors. And they're made for... um, easy access by medical people. So the, the shoulders unsnap, they're on plastic strips, and the side down one side opens up. So you can go into an MRI without changing the child, and you can access just the part that you need without having to bear the whole child's body to access it. So they're pretty cool. So that is what you do under normal conditions. Uh, do you do anything else at the, at the organization? Yeah. Let me backtrack a little. At Christmas last year, I thought, gee, these kids might enjoy having Santa come and visit them. And I asked if we could have Santas go and take gifts to the children. Well, they let us send four different Santas, two of whom were Spanish-speaking. And we sent these Santas with each Santa had a car full of gifts for each family. You know how many trips that is? (laughs) That's a lot of gifts. And the families and the kids loved having Santa. He came on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And so they actually got to visit and be with Santa. We created um, coloring books, art journals, all kinds of things for the kids. And there were gifts from the whole community uh, for the families. Now we are uh, creating masks for um, use during this coronavirus outbreak. So the masks are made from cotton fabric. They're double layered and they have a slit in the back where you can slide in a filter which is made basically from pee pads (laughs) like you get for people or for dogs. 
but they have polypropylene in them, which makes an extra moisture barrier. And the polypropylene is what they use in surgical masks. So they give an extra little layer of protection. They're not 100%, but it's, it's better than um, just a plain cloth mask. So where do these masks go? They've been going to um, various hospitals. We've gone to, oh, Kaiser South Bay, Kaiser Sunset, Martin Luther King, Providence, both Providence hospitals, um, Torrance Memorial, Little Sisters of the Poor, the Harbor Community Clinic, um, a number of different pharmacies in the area, the Twin Towers, um, sheriffs down there in the jailers, um, LAPD, Harbor Division, you name it. We're, we're, and we just got an order from Toyota and from the Navy. Wow. Not the Navy. You're obviously got an assembly line of this going. How are you able to fulfill the social distancing situation and produce these masks on a mass basis? Most of the ladies are working at home. Uh, the only person who is up in the studio with me is a lady named Helena Zubich, and she's doing all of the uh, pickups and drop-offs, all the deliveries. So our social distancing is kind of, you know, she's doing all of the running around, and I'm up at the studio. Um, we have people that are cutting. I had four people that came yesterday, and they are just cutting the pieces for us. And then there are probably 30 women in the community who are doing the sewing. And that's how we're getting it done. And they just either we pick it up for them or they drop it off at the studio. And the studio, which is located at 525 North Harbor Boulevard, right across from where the Mercy is tied up, at the building there's a door that opens and you can access a table which has plastic bags that contain all the materials to make 12 masks at a time. And that makes it easy for pick up and drop off. When they're finished, you just put them back in the bag and drop them back off to us. So if someone wanted to get involved and help you out, which you can always use help, I oh, guess, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. how would they do that? They can contact me via the uh, Angel Gowns page on Facebook, which is Angel Gowns of South Bay group. We have all the information there. They can contact me, Gail Flurry, on Facebook as well. Or they can contact me through um, my email, which is um, directordog at cox.net. Beautiful. I'm going to get a little personal now. How personally are you taking this whole uh, situation? Is it? Uh, I, I know you're 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 drowning in your work, probably. But uh, <laughs> but uh, how how are you doing with this? Um, I will tell you, my husband is a retired physician who has gone back to work at Kaiser and they just moved him from working at Normandy North, which is normally just a clinic building, um, to Carson. And Normandy North has become what they call the dirty building, which is only handling coronavirus patients. So mm -hmm. it's pretty personal. I, I worry about him going to work and coming home and being clean, you know, um, I don't care how hard you try, it's very hard to keep everything off of you. When we're at the studio, we have masks and gloves. Everything gets wiped down, uh, whether it's the door handle, the table that the, the um, packages are on, everything gets wiped down. We try and be as careful as possible. So uh, you live in San Pedro, right? Yes. It sounds like you're pretty busy, but do you, are you able to get out and see the rest of the community? And what are you seeing when you go out? Um, I see the community as I'm on my way from my house down to the studio, and everything is pretty empty. 
uh, very little traffic on the streets. The people that I see, the majority of them um, are wearing some sort of mask, whether it's a bandana or, you know, a, a one of those that you use when you're driving a lawnmower. <laughs> but I do see people um, with masks on. I see people walking their dogs, trying to keep social distancing. The only thing that's been really crazy was when the Mercy arrived. And there must have been several thousand people down at the port mm. that day. And the police were doing their best to get them to go home right. and be safe. I always ask everybody that uh, appears on this show, especially under the current situation, when this all goes away, where do you like to hang out in San Pedro? Hmm. Um, honestly, I am just a real homebody. I, I like being at the studio because that's where all the ladies come and hang out. So I'm really looking forward to having a, a luncheon of sorts for everybody that's volunteered for us and thanking them and celebrating with them that we've gotten through this together. If that makes any sense. No, it totally makes sense because it sounds like you're, uh, you live your, uh, your work and that's awesome. And uh, you're obviously helping out the community in, in this crisis and then when we're not in crisis. So uh, th thank you for your service and hopefully we'll check back with you down the line and uh, see what's up with, uh, with your organization once this craziness is done. Oh, thank you, Mike. We're 1,200 masks in the last two weeks and going strong the orders just keep pouring in and they're free we don't charge anything for what we do everything we do is a service to the community that's awesome random links is san pedro's only local newspaper 40 years in business and still going strong now let's meet two of the gentlemen that keep the presses rolling I'm James Preston Allen. I'm the publisher of Random Links News, uh, the Harbor Area's only independently owned and operated community newspaper for the last 40 years in San Pedro. Terrell Jerricks. I am uh, the managing editor of Random Links News. I've been with the paper for about 17 years. Basically, I just want to ask you both, especially you, James, because you're on the ground down there, and I know you wander around the streets of San Pedro all the time. What are you seeing on the streets? What's going on in the streets of San Pedro under this whole coronavirus situation? Well, you've got two things. Uh, we've never had better traffic uh, conditions in San Pedro because there are so few people uh, out on the street. And I uh, even talked with a CHP officer the other day, uh, which is an interesting story, uh, sidelight to the whole thing. Uh, but he says that uh, he moved here from Sacramento, got transferred from Sacramento, and had heard about all of the, the horrendous stories about traffic in Los Angeles. And he says, there's like nobody on the freeways. In fact, it's more like a racetrack than anything else. However, what is happening is that you have the, uh, the non-believers, uh, the deniers of there being... Uh, uh, this more than some kind of conspiracy, who are sort of out and about, uh, not unlike the uh, gentleman who tried to run the train into the Mercy ship. Now, uh, this uh, gentleman is uh, one of our um, uh, local geniuses, shall we say. But the CHP officer that I ran into at Sacred Grounds the other day 
was actually the CHP officer who arrested this man. And I asked him if he was as bonkers as uh, he appeared uh, to be in the press releases. And he said, no, uh, he is uh, uh, of sound mind and uh, definitely can be prosecuted. So he's not going to get away with uh, an insanity plea. So what do you think his motive was? Uh, There's a whole bunch of people who uh, are attributing all of this to some kind of conspiracy of the deep state or the the deep psychosis or um, whatever. And my response to them has been that this is a conspiracy of idiots because uh, if you actually look at the timeline and what the um, commander in thief hasn't done, the ineptitude of what the, uh, the Oval Office uh, hasn't done in terms of preparing for this, you realize that the timeline goes all the way back before the virus reared its head uh, in Wuhan to September of 2019, which was the time at which the Trump administration defunded the laboratory in Wuhan that could predict the rise of this virus. What about the businesses and the people of San Pedro? I mean, we can talk about national politics, but how has it affected the everyday guy that's walking the streets? The everyday guy of Pedro uh, no longer has his corner bar to drink his sorrows at. Um, The average um, uh, restaurant worker is uh, either like cut way down and the the restaurants uh, that are open are probably doing something like uh, 80% less work. Uh, Most of their employees have been either furloughed or laid off. Uh, The bars have been completely closed down. So you have no, no employed bartenders, bands, and all of the uh, delivery guys that would be delivering Budweiser to uh, godmothers are, are, not delivering, uh, you know, beer. So, Terrell, what are you seeing out there? I'm seeing a, a lot of people who are scared. I'm seeing a lot of people who really do not trust traditional forms of information and where it's coming from. Uh, they don't trust the government. They don't trust any media sources. They rely on their own research, but at the same time, they don't do a whole lot of critical thinking. And that's basically because there is no media literacy. Uh, this is the issue that began long before the coronavirus uh, hit. What we're seeing now is what happens when you don't have official gatekeepers of knowledge that's accepted by the majority of the people. What you have now is the democracy of information where they're all placed on the same plane, but not all information are, is equal. And that is something that a lot of St. Pedrins and many Americans don't quite get. And so as a result, I see it sort of heightening uh, their fears and really engaging in uh, irrational and sometimes dangerous activities as a result of it. So what sort of a role, and this is to either of you, what sort of a role does uh, Random Links play in, in making sure the right information gets out? 
So how do you deal with that? Right. Okay. And how we deal with that is that people who read our newspaper trust that we have done our due diligence and the difference between a, a print media like ours and anything that gets put on social media, on Google, Yahoo, um, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, or anything else, is that we are actually liable for the things that we print. And we must, at the time that we go to publish, know that what we're telling you is the truth as, as far as we can discern it at the time. And that's different than a large percentage of the stuff that gets posted up on uh, social media. Nope. And, and therein is, is the, the crux of the whole right. thing. Exactly. How is your business aspect of random links uh, dealing with this coronavirus? Because it's got to have an effect on you guys as well from a business standpoint and from an operational standpoint. The issue of dollars and cents, the deal is, is that the majority of our, our advertisers are being impacted uh, clearly by uh, this whole thing. It's uh, affecting whether or not they have money to pay for the advertising or whether or not they do advertise. My advice to them, though, is, is that, you know, if in a time of very low response or access to your products, if you don't do something to advertise your brand, your brand may go away with nobody knowing, uh, you know, that you're still um, uh, you're still there, and so it, it becomes a push and a shove kind of thing for every small business who thinks that social media is going to uh, to save them. But when at all intents and purposes, if people do not trust social media, and they do trust our media. Where should they, in fact, be, be betting their money in terms of maintaining a brand, putting out information that people trust and whatnot? I would say that, you know, this has affected 80% easy of all of the businesses in San Diego. You and I talked off the air about the traffic to your website has increased since all of this. Do you think it's because people are staying home and in front of the computer or, or is there another factor? It appears to me as though it has to do with that people are looking for relevant information. March started off with our coverage of uh, the elections, the primary elections. And then it catapulted over to the COVID virus reporting. And then uh, the report I got this morning was all about Paul Rosenberg's reporting on Earth Day two years ago. That's interesting, isn't it? That's very interesting. <laughs> That's what our analytics told us. But, you know, everybody wants to talk about, uh, you know, who's, who's on, you know, the Internet. Everybody wants to say content, content, content. And we probably have the most original content, consistently original content, anywhere in the harbor area uh, that's regularly putting it out there that people have access to. And people trust us. Right. For those that may not know, can you give us the website? 
address? Yeah, uh, www.randomlengthnews.com, and that's R-A-N-D-O-M-L-E-N-G-T-H-S-N-E-W-S.com. And one final question. San Pedro obviously is connected pretty tightly with the port. What's the news with the, what, what's going on down at the port? How is it affecting the port? Since the beginning of the outbreak of the virus in China, right around uh, the Lunar New Year, the Chinese Lunar New Year, the imports, about 50% of, of our business at the Port of L.A. and Long Beach comes from China. And so that immediately started to taper off. But prior to that, the imports were down because of uh, the Trumpsters' trade embargo. Okay. Now, uh, the question is, is uh, you know, what do they, what do the stats really look at? And when Gene Soroka, the director of the Port of Los Angeles, starts talking about being in a recession with uh, a downturn in cargo of uh, about fourteen percent, uh, you know, year to year, that becomes a, a troubling number. The longshoremen uh, have said that the the largest number of the loss of jobs is with the casuals, not the the regular uh, workers who have the the A-book workers and the B-book workers. They get guaranteed whether they show up to work or not. However, the number of job calls is down as much as 40%. The good news is, is that just last week, uh, it was reported that there were three of the large uh, mega ships that had set sail from China to the port of the San Pedro Bay, which means, I mean, those are like, uh, what are they, 42,000 TEU ships, and that there are several ships coming in to pick up the empty containers to take them to China. But the, the real critical issue here is, is the understanding of the interconnectedness between manufacturing in China, shipping out of, out of Asia to the west, west coast of the United States and what it does for our economy. The ports of LA and Long Beach are already beginning to strategize for ramping up for full operation, whatever that might be. But the issue then becomes, how long is it going to take to do that? And will the workers at the ports in San Pedro Bay be healthy enough to right. work those jobs when, when the cargo returns? Because the supply chain coming out of China is actually critical in many ways to supporting what we need to do in terms of fighting the conservative coronavirus here in the United States. You and the paper have been real advocates for the homeless and uh, poor people in general. How has this affected the homeless situation? Well, what's curious is that uh, for the last five and a half years or more, I have been calling upon the city, the county, the state to call the, uh, the homeless crisis 
an emergency. Now, in the context of the governor calling this a state of emergency, he has been empowering local authorities to use the emergency process to start delivering goods, services, and housing to homeless people uh, as a way of protecting them against the virus. So I have seen more action in the last four months in terms of doing anything substantial to house the homeless than we have in the last four years. And, wow. and this is uh, all because of uh, the coronavirus, the state of emergency called by the coronavirus. The, the governor has taken the, the authority out of the hands of legislatures. And, and this simply says, we have to do this now. Wow, that's, that's a pretty amazing sidebar to this, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah. And, and what's even more curious is uh, Janice Hahn's uh, initiative to open up the 40-bed unit down at the, the county uh, building on 8th and Beacon Street. Everybody uh, said, oh, you know, you can offer them a place uh, to stay. But, but, you know, most of these people like it out on the street. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to come in. But they're, they're happy, you know, getting high or whatever they're doing on the sidewalk. And, and, and they don't really want uh, shelter. Mm. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, okay, and this sort of bursts above bubble for all of those people that said the homeless, you know, don't want something, you know, uh, safe. It took less than a month to fill that shelter up with 40 souls who were living right out there in front of the post office. Less than a month. Okay. And it couldn't have come at a better time to keep these people safe from, you know, the, the, the virus and whatnot. I imagine that, uh, that they'll be some of the first people who are getting tested. Okay. But um, the truth of the matter is, is that there ain't nothing like a crisis to start solving problems. Well, that, that is an amazing story to close on. There's other things I'd like to talk to you about, and we will do that in future episodes if you guys are willing. One of the things I want to talk about in the future is the port development, the various development things they've got going on. But we will do that at another time. I appreciate you both uh, being on the second edition of San Pedro, the podcast. And uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for San Pedro, the podcast. Please like our Facebook page, share and subscribe to the podcast at facebook.com. San Pedro podcast, all one word. See you next time.